ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, May 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You know the drill. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true. Great taste only. 96 calories it is. The original light beer. Coming up today on the program, going to hear from Mike Bagley. He's the host of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. And, of course, you can hear NASCAR Live. and You can hear all the MRM programming coming up as they're going to begin racing again for the first time in more than two months coming up this weekend. Listen to it on our sister station, Big Buck Country 101.5. So Mike's going to join me on the program here in the next few minutes. We're going to talk about that and NASCAR getting ready to race once again as NASCAR is probably the biggest sport to return, one of the major sports. You can talk about Ultimate Fighting Championship. You can talk about the U. FC, I think NASCAR is a lot bigger, even though pay-per-view, mixed martial arts, big deal. You've got some leagues opening back up across the, well, across the globe and limited capacities. I'm sure they're being observed and watched and interest to see if you can do something similar with some of the other professional sports leagues. But NASCAR, they've got a pretty good setup. We're going to talk about that when Mike joins us on the program here in the next few minutes. So, We've been talking about a few things about programs, conferences, making alterations, and one story that we've been following because it involves Akron. Akron, in a letter addressed to members of their community, their athletic director, Larry Williams, announced the elimination of men's golf, women's tennis, and men's cross-country programs to address the economic hit caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Here is um, what he said. We are announcing an extremely difficult decision, the elimination of three sports from our intercollegiate athletic program at the end of the academic year. He said as well, based on my recommendation, affected by the decision are men's golf, women's tennis, and men's cross country. The elimination of these sports along with salary reductions for select coaches, staff position eliminations, scholarship, and operating reductions will total approximately $4.4 million. Now, he did meet with student-athletes impacted by this decision, had to do a video conference. University committed to offering them full, really, a lot of support through the process of leaving Akron and continuing their sports and another university. So Akron eliminating what they are there for. You might have some student athletes that decide, okay, I'm not going to continue my athletic career. I want to be at Akron. And you might have some that are going to be looking for a new landing spot in those sports, men's golf, women's tennis, men's cross country. Really at that point, are, are you looking for, uh, a place to go so you can continue your academic career. Again, you're not necessarily getting full rides here, but these student-athletes now without a team, are decisions coming soon from other universities 
I know the question has been posed not just on this program, but in print. And I'm sure television somewhere has been addressing these issues as well, not specifically to Marshall, but could this happen at Marshall University? Well, the answer is yes and no. It could happen at Marshall University, but we don't know. So really, it's pure speculation on my part or anyone's part, really, to say, let's take the Akron situation and compare it to what's happening at Marshall. We don't know if Marshall is going to have a situation where they're going to furlough, if they're going to eliminate sports, try to cut back. I know travel is going to be a big issue in Conference USA. So many things you can look at to try to figure out how to economically keep the conference afloat, keep member schools from really dealing with expenses that could help keep the program going. Travel is a big deal of that. But at the same time, you're eliminating the program. So if you're eliminating programs, that means one thing, your budget's not in a good spot and you're making these cuts now, hopefully to save the rest of the athletic department, at least in their minds. Now, we talked about cost, cost of college athletics, what it's going to take to keep an athletic program going because football is really the sport for a majority of these athletic programs that really funds everything else. And so the Southern Conference today announcing a number of cost-containing measures And this is going to be both at the conference level, also at the institutions to address the financial challenges, which, again, are all cause of the pandemic. Now, some of these measures are designed exclusively for the 2020-21 academic year, and they're going to be reevaluated at the end of the academic year. So the Southern Conference, one of the good things they point out is the fact that they've got a pretty good tight geographic footprint, both in terms of reducing travel time for student athletes and also reducing costs for member institutions. And they're looking at reducing staff travel to regular season contests and conventions and professional development seminars. Conference staff have been um, reduced. Salaries are also going to be frozen as well. So they're looking at doing some things to try to figure out how they can keep things going. And you look at some of the measures that other conferences are taking, and we're going to get into that later, but the Southern Conference doesn't seem to be as drastic. They have, thankfully for them, they've got conference geography helping them out a little bit, reducing staff and travel and some other things. You might see that happen sooner than later for some of the other conferences, as we're seeing one-by-one conferences coming out, making announcements that this is what we're doing to adjust as a conference, or this is what we're doing as an institution to adjust. More on the way, I'm sure. We'll get into what the Atlantic 10's doing as well. We'll talk about that. Is it coming to Conference USA? We haven't heard much in Conference USA. It's been quiet for the most part, on that front. Will there, will there be a reduction in sports? Will there be a revamping of the schedule that's going to be a long-term revamping? I mean, what's going to happen? We'll find out as the weeks and months progress. We'll find out sooner than later, I hope. But we're going to turn our attention to NASCAR. So when we come back from break, we're going to hear from Mike Bagley. He is the host of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. Racing getting back this weekend. You can hear all that action on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3. 
1340. But we got more on the way. It's The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up this Sunday on our sister station, Big Buck Country 101.5, the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington Raceway. Now, NASCAR, one of the first major sports to get back to action no fans will be in the stands. The infield is going to be empty of everyone except essential personnel. Drivers and team members will be screened for COVID-19 symptoms. A lot has gone into making sure that this is as safe as possible. And to tell us more about what's happening this weekend, Mike Bagley, host of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, now joins us on the phone. How are you, Paul? It's good to be with you. Thank you, sir. Good talking to you. Um, NASCAR, one of the key sports in I think our, our summer lives finally coming back. Is NASCAR the right sport to be coming back? I mean, are they uniquely situated to be able to put this together and be the first one really out there? I think one of the things playing in our favor is that our competitors are shielded. They're in race cars. They are in helmets. They're in uh, fire retardant socks that go over their head. They are buckled into these race cars and, that, to me, is social distancing 101 right there. That, to me, is, is how you social distance. We're not lined up like we are on a football line, defense or offense, playing basketball, standing next to a baseman in baseball. I think that it plays into our favor that our competitors are as shielded as they are, while at the same time, a lot of the guys in the pits are wearing helmets as well and wearing that same flame-retarded uh, material and, and articles of clothing, I do think we are the right one to come back. And I think that in our case, we have a lot to gain from that, which is a byproduct of doing what we're doing. It's not driving what we're doing. But since we are one of the first ones back, there's going to be a lot of eyes and ears on the sport on Sunday. And I would say, I would think most importantly, uh, next Wednesday when we come back and we have a midweek race under the lights, prime time, I think we're going to get a lot of attention on this, and I think that um, it's something that the fans are looking forward to. I know we're looking forward to, but we're going to do it safely in a measured approach. And I think that uh, I think there's a lot of positives that can come out of that can come out of what we're about to do this weekend and next week and the week after that. You mentioned the eyeballs, and that's a byproduct of trying to get back to work, trying to bring the sport back. NASCAR is uniquely situated. This might offer resurgence in NASCAR across the country. Maybe people who haven't watched in a while, or maybe you'll get a new fan or two. I think that that's something that is, stands to gain. I think that there will be new ears in radios. I think there'll be new eyeballs in television sets. Look at what we had over the break. We had seven races that we ran uh, on iRacing, and you had on average, about a million people tuning in for that on a Sunday afternoon to basically watch athletes play a simulation. That's me, a million people. That's a lot of people to watch that kind of programming. So what are we going to have when the real thing comes back? I think, I think the sport's done a good job of promoting our return. Fox has done that as well. MRN has been doing that. I mean, all the stakeholders in the sport have gotten the word out that, hey, we're coming back. And I think that it's going to be a good thing. I think that it's going to be something that Race fans have been have been thirsty for. It's been a long time. Seventy days 
from the time we will have taken the checkered flag at Phoenix till we take the green flag at Darlington on Sunday. That's a long time with no racing. Compounded that, okay, racing's taken away. What else do I have? Well, I don't have baseball. Well, I don't have hockey. Well, I don't have basketball. Well, I don't have the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I mean, there's been so much. This, this is the first time that I've been alive that every sport has ground to a halt, and I'm proud that our sport is the first one back. Mike Bagley joining us, host of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. And you mentioned all those sports. Of course, you do radio for the Motor Racing Network. You are a little bit more focused. You don't have to maybe worry about hockey as much or, or the NBA, but you're still trying to find things to talk about. How frustrating has it been just, okay, we're waiting now. We're still waiting and continue and continue just reporting on, okay, we're still waiting. Well, for me, it's been a little different because I also host the morning show on, on Sirius XM on the NASCAR channel. So what we did is we sat down and we chatted. We like, you know what, guys, this is an opportunity for us to start telling some stories. You know, normally when we're in the cadence of a race season, we come off a, a checker flag on a Sunday. We're back on the air on a Monday and we start talking about the race and we talk about the competition. Tuesday night, we do the same thing on NASCAR Live on MRN. Serious, we continue, and then, and then there's that point to where we then pivot to the next race weekend. We don't have an, an extraordinarily amount of time that we can visit with some guys and get their story, let their name be heard. Um, everybody that, bub- that buckles into a race car has a story. The question is, do people know about it? So that allows an opportunity, instead of doing a 12-minute hit with a driver, maybe you do a 22-minute hit. Hey, you know what? For those that don't know you, you know, where did you come from? How did you get started? There's a lot of people that are fans of yours. You've got young fans. You know, why don't you tell your story about how you got started? Because that may inspire someone else. That's what we've been doing a lot of. Not to mention the news cycle in NASCAR is ever ending. Yeah, it, it, we, we went into a, a very arid part of that news cycle to where the news wasn't flowing as much as it normally does. However, I think through this time, We've had enough news that we bridge that together. We tell some stories. We just check in on people. Hey, let's talk to, you know, Kevin Harvick over at Stewart House. Right? What's going on over at Stewart House right now? How are you guys dealing with this? What are you doing? Things like that. So we've been allowed the opportunity to tell some stories that we probably otherwise wouldn't tell if we were racing just because they get triaged out of that news cycle, if that makes sense. You know, we've got races to talk about, top five guys. We've got race winners. We've got... We got all this, and then we're, we're previewing the following weekend. We've enjoyed this opportunity of, of trying to tell the story of people inside the sport because in every one of those stories, those stories resonate with at least one race fan out there, and that's what we've tried to give folks. Mike Bagley is my guest, host of NASCAR Live on MRN Radio, and of course, um, when – we found out that you were going to be our guest on the program. Uh, one guy that was uh, excited, I think he was happier for me than anything, was Jason Toy. Um, you work with this guy a lot. Uh, I've known him for years. Uh, what can you say about Jason Toy? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not doing that. You are not doing that to me. That's a wide open array, Paul. I'll say Jason's a great guy. He's been a great friend for a lot of years. He's a great colleague. Always looking forward to working with him on MRN. But you're not baiting me into that, son. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) No, 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 no. See, because here's one thing that I've learned. 
when you are greeted with that opportunity that you can that you can perhaps maybe open open the door a little bit, you know, and put a story out there, it always comes back. It always comes back. Listen, he's got as, as many skeletons in his closet that I do in mine. We'll just leave it to Jason's a great guy, and I love working with the cat. How about that? All right, I, gotta, I, gotta, I do have to ask you this. Will it come out in the book post-retirement for the Bagman? It depends on if you're still alive, because I may have to change names to protect the innocent. <laughs> oh, God, JC. How, how are you, buddy? Doing well, bud. How are you? Uh we're hanging in that. <laughs> we're hanging in that here in South Florida. We're chomping at the bit, son. It's been a while since we've been to the racetrack. Oh yeah, and I guess today, uh, the announcement today with the, uh, the new modified schedule, they're going to be coming back down to Homestead here too. That's going to be a great thing for you because you can go uh, sleep in your own bed each time you race there, and at least we're getting back into some sort of racing. That's always a great thing. Oh yeah, yeah. We got the uh, we we got phase two today. Uh, Bristol's in there. Martinsville, Atlanta. We've got uh, Homestead and Texas. Or I'm not Texas, but uh, Talladega. Talladega, yeah. So it looks like that we've got our next, we've got our our next wave, and in that next wave, this is where we're going to be able to get back on airplanes and, and go back in hotel rooms. A lot of fans have been asking, well, you know, why can't you fly in? Why can't you do this and all that stuff? You know, part of the safety approach to this whole thing is, quite frankly, the sport doesn't want us in hotels. They don't want us in airports, and they don't want us in airplanes until we can get our arms around this thing. So that day though is coming, and obviously. A day and another opportunity for you and I to break bread and graze together is coming up as well. Now, Paul, I, I will have to say this about Bagman, and I'm not throwing in any any of the skeletons that are in the proverbial closet that we talked about. <laughs> but I will say this about Bagman. There's three guys that I owe my career in MRN to, and where I'm at in this point in my, what, 23 years, I guess, or something like 22 years now, is one of us is Winston Kelly. Jim Phillips, both of them, you know, legends on pit road that have taught me everything that I that I've learned so far in, in covering Cup races and NASCAR races in general. And Mike Bagley, because Mike took me under his wing when I first came in as a punk kid. So am a punk sometimes, and Mike's uh, has, has treated me like a like a little brother, which is great. And I owe so much to Mike for for where I'm at today. And you know, it's one of the great guys with it. And Mike's Mike's been working with the network since he was in high school, since he was at Dover, Delaware helping out with the crews. His mom and dad would bring ice cream up to the guys in the booth, which was awesome. And uh, But Mike's been with us forever. And uh, like I said, oh, uh, oh, where I'm at in my career to, to those three gentlemen, Mike Bagley being one of them. That sounds like dinner is right. on Jason Toyer. That's what that sounds like. Well, okay. Well, first of all, crack the throttle. I said 20 bucks worth, not 50. All right? <laughs> I was going to give you a Jefferson, not a Grant. Tex- no, Texas kidding. Day Brazil. <laughs> Are we looking at that? <laughs> Only if it's in Dallas. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many great stories, so many memories from from life on the road. You know, you know what you get on the air, which obviously when Motor Racing Network hits the air, you get you get a professional product with very skilled broadcasters like like JT, but but that 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 doesn't tap into what happens off the air. You know, some of these uh, some of these meals that we do and some of the fun outings that we have, you know, we are we are together more um on most occasions um we are with our MRN family more than we're with our blood family, just because of the nature of what we do. I'm when when I'm in the when I'm in the broadcasting mode, I'm I'm out Thursday back Monday. I'm home two days and I'm back out again. So when you spend a lot of time with people on the road as we do, you get close to those people and and there's a family bond there, even though it's not a blood bond, it's a brother bond, and that's what we have at MRN. 
That's what we've always had since I started back in 1992. That's what was in place when I started hanging out with the network back in 1988. And that is still alive and well today. People come and people go, but there is that brotherhood that we all share as announcers. That I think that that's reflective on the air, too, that it comes off, you know, we're a solid team. We love each other. We respect each other. And, um, and we just love announcing racing. We love interviewing people that are in racing. And uh, I hope our love and our passion that we have for the sport, it's just like a race fan, a little different because we're covering it. We're not rooting for people. We're rooting for storylines. But hopefully that on the air, you get that along with some, some good play-by-play and all that stuff. And, yes, the next time we go out to eat, I guess I will bend the elbow and I'll pick up the check. <laughs> Believe me, you picked up the check <laughs> enough for me. I owe you now, so. <laughs> it's all good. By the uh, way, that's good. recorded. If you ever need to go back to it, it's it's recorded. And I have it for you. You can play it back at oh, your please. convenience. It would be a great disappointment if you've not flagged that tape already, Paul. Timestamp's got to be written down somewhere. Oh, oh, I've got probably, it. He's probably, probably got it posted on Twitter by now. I will. I'll have it. I'll have it posted for you, and I'll send you the MP3 later. I got your email. I, I know how to. That's awesome. To get a hold of you. Mike Bagley joins us, NASCAR Live, Motor Racing Network. And, of course, you've been around NASCAR for so long. And, Jason, uh, I don't know who writes these bios, but I got the bio on Bagman as well. And it it talks about his first race at the age of five. And as a child, he would listen to (laughs) MRN radio while recreating the track on his living room. His shag carpet is the way it was described. (laughs) And with his matchbox cars. Bag, did you write this? I mean, did your publicist write this? I mean, I mean, this is beautiful. I wrote that. This is it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It needs to be very. I wrote that. It needs to be very NFL films tight. So it needs to be. The year was nineteen sixty eight. A mere five year old boy. <laughs> we could resurrect John Facenda to come you know, revoice that. You know that that's a true story because people say, "Oh no, that Shaq Carpenter story is fake." No. You understand. Well, first of all, it is this most ungodliest, ugliest shag carpet in the world. It was 1970 shag. Number one, it was uh, it was rust brown and red. But you could mat the thing down. I mean, if you, if you worked it in real good, and I would mat the the rug down in the shape of the track, and I put the put the radio on the floor, and I'd lay on the floor, <laughs> and I would listen to the MRN um, call, and I would move my matchbox cars. And I, I would change the track. You know, if we were going to Daytona, well, we had a travel set up in the family room. And then we went up Pocono. You know, we had a triangle, Martinsville, a little tight thing. I mean, I had everything down. The morning of the race was spent trying to mat that uh, carpet down. And I would lay there all day, and I'd play with my Matchbox cars. And uh, that's how I, I started. And then being taken to the racetrack uh, by mom and dad, that's how I got started. Now that look, shag, I'll tell you something, that shag carpet had many a mile put, put on it, I'll tell you that. I'll say, now look how you evolved. You are doing iRacing now. So you've gone from the matchbox cars and the shag carpet to having a nice little setup and being able to go iRacing with everybody. I can't iRace at like a mile and a half very well or, you know, like a short track, but I will smoke you at Daytona and Talladega. <laughs> no question. I will smoke any of you at Daytona and Talladega. So why weren't you on NBC, or did I miss you? I no, mean, he's he's been on he's on NBC. No, I'm saying I actually yeah. racing. Did I miss oh, him? Oh yeah. No. Did he do any of the media races that I kept yeah. seeing posted about? Well, here's the problem: they they come with these media races and they start so late at night. You remember, you're talking to a man that does morning radio. I'm up at four thirty in the morning. So <laughs> these cats want to sit on iRace and 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 want to iRace until twelve one o'clock in the morning. 
you know, Uncle Baggy is putting her into bed about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night because I got I to gotta get a full slate of sleep, so I'm, I'm sharp in the morning. Now, if they start these races earlier, like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, that'd be great, but they start them too late, so I can't participate. Those dang kids. Well, maybe the Mike Bagley Invitational. You set the time. It's your race. That's pressure, though. That's way <laughs> too much pressure. That's way, way, way too much pressure, Paul. But you never know. And, well, here's the thing. I mean, if it hasn't happened already, it's probably not going to happen because business is getting ready to start picking up here starting on Sunday. And, and probably now, between now and the end of the year, we're going to – I just might as well just, like, get, like, a little cot at the airport and just put my head down and get up, go right back out because that's basically what it's going to be with all this racing that we're doing those, in the middle of the week that's coming up and on the, the weekend. I was going to say those minute suites look pretty good right now, don't they? I know, don't they? Yeah. I may have to utilize a couple of those. <laughs> Joining us on the program, along with Jason Toy, uh, your good friend and mine, Mike Bagley, host of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. And, of course, NASCAR Live, a staple of programming on Jason's station, Big Buck Country 101.5, all the race action as well. And uh, Mike had told Jason he could uh, promote his radio station. It was going to be one hour-long infomercial for Big Buck Country and racing this uh, this show. 2.30 Sunday, airtime with Motor Racing Network coverage, and then seven races over the next 11 days. We'll have it all on, on MR, with MRN Radio on Big Buck. So we're looking forward to, to getting back to live racing. I had somebody listen to us online today. Uh, and We have a huge online listening audience with the format that we have on that station from uh, Vader Washington that was listening to us, excited about the fact that he can hear the NASCAR race this weekend on Big Buck, uh, on the stream, which is he was excited about. So uh, well, we're looking forward to it. forget about NASCAR Live, too. Oh, NASCAR I mean, Live every Tuesday. That's one of the more important programs. <laughs> every Tuesday. <laughs> every Tuesday. And, and, and next uh, next weekend, the next two weeks are going to be a little modified with that because you're actually hit, we're going to hit the airwaves at 730 uh, over the next two Tuesdays. So uh, we'll have NASCAR Live starting a little bit earlier on our end here. So we'll actually lead into the well, race. And there, and there is also um, a little extra – special something something coming up next week i don't think i'm at liberty to tell okay. but there'll be a little extra something something coming down the line for our mrn affiliates awesome we so love we- our mrn affiliates so we got to hook them up and keep them happy and got a little something in store for them next hey, week. you know what's funny is we did the classic we carried the classic races and uh we got a tremendous response from it i mean not only from the listeners uh that were you know kind of going back uh, but also to our sponsors you know and it's a tough time it, you know in advertising you know what mike on on your end as well and you know, advertisers has been kind of trying to hang in there as tough as they can. Our, our NASCAR sponsors hang in and loves having those classic races on. So those worked out really, really well. Well, when we uh, when we came up with that idea, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's that's obviously an opportunity right there mm-hmm. because, I mean, we know what we know, what's happening in the sport on a daily basis. But there's a lot that we forget, either drivers who are in cars, how races finished, or how we got there. And, of course, you know, whenever you dust off the legendary Barney Hall and Eli Gold and, and Mike Joy, depending on how far back we're going, I mean, that's that's go, I mean, that's what I listened to when I was growing up. And to me, it's nothing wrong with going back and taking a trip back down memory lane, which is something, obviously, we've done over the course of, what, the last month and a half or so. Yeah. But there's nothing like lining them up yep. fresh at Darlington, and that's exactly what we're going to do and get that. It, it seems weird. We're going into Memorial Day weekend. Hey, we're getting ready for race five of the season coming up at Darlington on Sunday. <laughs> and you've had the half a season. Basically, it's been like equi- equivalent to the off season, which has been uh, really unique to get back at it. I'm, I I talked to, to Alex earlier today, Alex Hayden, who will be on the broadcast in the booth uh, with Dave on uh, on sun- Sunday. 
the drop of that green flag and about the first 15 to 20 laps of this race are going to be real interesting <laughs> with no practice, boys, no qualifying. Boys, let me tell you something. When you come out of turn four and you're getting ready to see that green flag come in the air to Jason's point, no practice, no qualifying, no hot laps. That will be pucker factor Zulu to the next level when you haul it off into turn number one for the first time at Starling. It's hard enough when you've got three hours of practice qualifying under your belt. I can't imagine going in dry. And all you've been doing is eye racing for the last seven, eight weeks. And, all, and, I, and listen, I never make turn one at Darling. And that just never happens on eye racing. Mike Bagley, our guest, along with Jason Toy. Mike, of course, the host of NASCAR Live, the most important program on Big Buck Country 101.5. The races are important too, but you know, Mike, we we understand it's it's all built around NASCAR Live. It's it's that's the you're the brand. Thank you, thank you, thank. You. Mike, thanks see, for Paul. Now you're you're my man. See, now I'll buy dinner for you. Jason didn't go that far, so <laughs> Jason, you just lost a couple biscuits there, son. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Hey, we appreciate what you guys do for us. I mean, you know, week in and week out, you know, race fans yearn for NASCAR racing and they, they try to find where it is. We appreciate all you guys do for us for allowing us to be a part of your family because you guys are definitely a part of ours. So, and uh, we couldn't do what we do without you folks. So does that mean I finally get some MRN swag that uh, Jason walks around here with and uh, – and- <laughs> In mass quantities, I mean, I brought you some stuff. I mean, can I get an MRN bag or something? Now, those, Jason? those are hard to get. I, I mean, those are hard to get. I mean, I know the bag man, so maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that could happen for me. I don't know. I'm just asking. You're not fucking me. You're not again. This is the second time you tried to pull me down this rabbit hole, Paul. You got to talk to Jason about the swag. I am not in the swag department. Hey, I've given him a couple. I've given him some shirts and hats and uh, lanyards as well. I've done taking care of the boy. I do have a lanyard. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I wear it proudly uh, during a Marshall game. Even I, I, I have wore it. Uh, Bagman, we appreciate it. We'll be listening to NASCAR Live coming up uh, always on our sister station, Big Buck Country 101.5. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Paul, JT, thank you guys. Be safe, and we'll talk to you all soon. See you, Baggy. That's Mike Bagley, host of NASCAR Live. And, uh, Jason Toy, of course, uh, on our sister station, Big Buck Country 101.5. That's where you can hear all the NASCAR action every single race weekend. And, of course, NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. More on the way. It's The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We continue on with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. College football in a difficult spot right now and college conferences across the country trying to figure out what they're going to do with the stoppage, the pause, without having sports. And the Atlantic 10 Conference, they just concluded their 2020 annual spring meetings, and they were held virtually. Everyone's doing it now. We're all doing Zoom meetings. We're doing conference calls through our Skype accounts and everything that we can to maybe social distance better and, and not gather. And the athletic directors, the athletic directors, both of, you know, men's and women's basketball coaches, conference staffs, you know, everyone was on this conference call. So what was interesting about this? They're doing some things differently. These are going to apply to the 2020-2021 season. 
they are basically decisions to regionalize and condense conference schedules by 25% in the sports of field hockey, volleyball, men's soccer, women's soccer, baseball, softball, and women's lacrosse. Now, additionally, for the 2020-21 season, the championships in the Atlantic 10 for volleyball, men's soccer, women's soccer, baseball, softball, and women's lacrosse each reformatted to a four-team championship. This is going to minimize travel exposure, provide what they say is going to be a Final Four competitive experience, and allow for the championships to be conducted in one weekend. Other revisions coming out of the Atlantic 10 Conference will be policies and decisions to conduct men's basketball media day, uh, sport committee meetings, and administrative government's meetings virtually, They are trying to continue to minimize travel exposure and time away while maintaining cost containment. That was a big word, cost containment, trying to figure out how do we do this? Is it necessary for your athletic directors all to gather in one region, one event? Remember, travel is an expense, and so if you can find ways to gather, minimize that. Now, eventually, you want to have gathering of your athletic directors. I think that would make sense. Eventually you want to, but if you can eliminate some of the travel considerations and try to figure out ways to conduct business without needing to be face-to-face, you could do that maybe once a year or so. It's good to have meetings though, because you're networking. Why do you go to a meeting? Well, you're networking. You can't network on conference call the way you can in person. It just doesn't work that way, at least now. So you meet people, you conference with them, you spend time with them, you form bonds, you have shared experiences, you build a rapport, not necessarily going to build a rapport on a conference call when you're just handling business. Now, you keep doing it long enough, you can, but that's what the Atlantic 10 is going to be doing anyway, is trying to figure out ways to keep the cost down. But let's go back to this for a second. So the championships from volleyball, men's and women's soccer, Baseball, softball, and women's lacrosse reformatted. Four-team championships. So, if you're four-seed in men's soccer and the Atlantic 10, you're going. You got a shot at the championship. You win two, you're the champion. Same thing with women's soccer. Hey, baseball, softball, if you're in the top four, you got you got 25% of winning the championship. You're one of four. It's pretty good. I've got 25% opportunity to win the championship. And you win that first game all of a sudden you got a 50% chance. That's pretty good odds, right? You'll take those any day. That means you eliminate the, okay, the eight seed. Eight seed got hot. Last few weeks, the eight seed, they were a 10 seed, nine. Now they've moved up. They got themselves into the tournament and they're hot. They get hot and they win. They're the champion, but they were an eight seed. I mean, it doesn't happen every day, but you see what my point here is, this could be interesting from a standpoint of trying to figure out how to get the best teams in place, cut cost. I mean, do you need an 18 tournament? Do you need 12 teams? I mean, Conference USA could come out tomorrow and say, look, we're going to have eight teams. That's it. Not a 9, 10, 11, 12. We're just going to cut this thing down to eight. Or we're going to do four. It's going to be a final four. We're going to minimize this. This thing can be played in two days, and we're done. Men's and women's championships, you can get them done in two days. First night. Second day, second night, you're done. Save some costs, and you eliminate a lot of teams traveling. 
and you eliminate a lot of expense in the process. And I don't think this necessarily dilutes the college experience. I think it rewards, honestly, it rewards the season. The season means more. If you're a five seed, I'm sorry. You didn't make it. You got hot, yeah, but you faltered early, and you don't get rewarded for that. The teams that were consistent get rewarded. I'm actually... I'm actually liking this a little bit. Narrow it down a little bit. I mean, some conferences are doing away with championships. The season means everything, and it puts a lot of emphasis on the season. Now, the playoffs are a big moneymaker for other sports and other leagues. You couldn't do away with – if you're in the SEC, you're having the tournament. You're having your basketball tournament. There's none of that. There's no this, okay, we're going to take the top four. That doesn't happen. If you're in the Atlantic 10, though, I think you can get away with having just your your best four. Your best four get into the tournament, and they play for the championship. I think you can do that in certain sports. What are your thoughts? You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. That's the best place to find me today. And every day online, at Paul Swan on Twitter. We'll wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. JD on Twitter writes, it was great hearing Mike Bagley with Jason Toy and Paul Swan on the drive. Loyal MRN and drive listener. Hashtag share the MRN swag, Jason Toy. That's right. Share the MRN swag. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. And don't forget, coming up this weekend, you can hear coverage of the Real Heroes 400. It starts this Sunday at 2.30 p.m. on Big Buck 101.5. NASCAR returning with a modified schedule. The next few days, we're going to have action from Darlington. The Darlington 200 will take place Tuesday night. We go on the air at 7.30 p.m. And then the Darlington 310, that'll take place on Wednesday. And all of that action, that race starts at 6.30 p.m., all on our sister station, Big Buck Country 101.5. If we get NASCAR back, does that mean we can get hockey back? That's my next question. Can I get hockey back sooner than later? Can we just quarantine them? Can we play hockey at a racetrack in the infield? Just set the ice up in the infield and then just let, let us have, if they can race at Darlington, can we have hockey in Darlington? That's my big question. Charlotte Motor Speedway. They're going to have the Coca-Cola 600 coming up on the 24th. Can we have hockey in the infield? That's my plan right there. NASCAR and hockey. Let's just get that marriage together right now so I can get hockey and I can get the Stanley Cup. And unlike, say, the Atlantic 10 where they're cutting teams from the postseason, the tournament, I say add teams. Give me 24 teams in the NHL. Let's just go. Everybody plays. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to thank Mike Bagley, host of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. Also, Jason Toy. He is, of course, a part of the MRN Radio Network, and he is the program director of our very own Big Buck 101.5. 
appreciate him coming on the program. That's going to do it for today's edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Until then, good night, everyone. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.